Alan Perkins be your guide. Tune in the Wild Kingdom Sunday at 6.30, right here. friends this is another specially commissioned show and it's pretty unusual so far people have requested specific themes uh, halloween music english folk rock etc so there's usually a pretty coherent set of parameters to the project you know, at this time my old friend tony decoza and i'll use the last name this time for a change he sends me a bunch of money i mean a fistful of scuttle and he says with characteristic modesty Give me a show full of that shit the Koza likes. So I decide, with typical humility, I'll give Dakoza a show that I like. And then I accept the cash and the assignment on those terms. So, a few preparatory remarks, I guess, are necessary about Dakoza and me, and about the show you're going to hear, should you choose to accept it. It won't self-destruct in any case. Although, actually, to digress one second, this is important. I have a feeling that Podbean's going to yank this show abruptly, as I've mentioned before. Now, those of you in the Patreon will be able to continue uninterrupted because I'm going to move this regular show there for a while, or maybe permanently, I don't know. But others should note that once they do pull it, they're going to pull it completely, meaning, like, without a warning, and they won't even let me post text anymore. It'll just be fini. So listen up. My email is mcvouty at optonline.net. Okay, that's M-C-V-O-U-T-Y at O-P-T-O-N-L-I-N-E dot net. Okay, so if the show is suddenly gone, drop me a message and I'll be sure to alert you to any new arrangements that I can drive. And be sure to download any and all episodes that you dearly cherish while you may. There's always the Patreon, and if you want to help out. And the Ghost Town social media MeWe, if you just want to get in touch. And the addresses are on the uh, Podbean page for now. Okay, so that's out of the way. Um, Tony. Tony DeCosa. He's especially fond of classic Top 40 pop, so there's going to be plenty of that here. But there's no real reason for a show devoted to that, since he can just play that stuff he likes on his own anyway. And Buckaroo Holiday listeners, you, you, you savvy, savvy people, you expect the unusual and the varied. So rather than making this like a mere Tony-centric jukebox, I'm going to devote this program to our friendship, which now spans many, many decades and many, many pant sizes. And I think I can handle this idea in a way that people can enjoy, whether they know me and Tony or not. I hope so. And I hope you stick with it, because something tells me it's important. I don't know, it feels important to me, this one. Uh, Right now you hear Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, of course, behind me, which was and is to Tony what Copeland's Appalachian Spring was and is to me. We collected various different versions of this on LP. You know, there are two favorite orchestral pieces. 
The one you're hearing behind me is Tony's favorite one, the Slatkin and Panario recording. Felix Slatkin and Leonard Panario. Mid to late 50s it was recorded. Anyway, I agree with him. This is a great version. You should ought to check it out for yourself. It has a spirit to it that sets it apart from a lot of the others. Anyway, with all that blather, I give you a small impressionistic expression. Or is it an expressionistic impression of one of the most precious things in life, a long and loving friendship? I'm Sport Murphy, and welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. Te adoro, Anton. Stay here, I got to be me. 
almost, man. Give yourself more credit than that, Ross Bagdasarian, performing there as David Seville on the B-side of a Chipmunk single. So flipping the hit and digging the B-side is a rite of passage in a way for record listeners, you know, and it became a permanent approach to life for me. And back when I was flipping that record in Brooklyn, first discovering that, oh wait, there's more, there's more, there's something else. When I was doing that somewhere in New Rochelle, I think, Dakota was flipping that same record. And there, there sounded the first tom-tom beats of destiny. So I'm going to get back to all that, but you heard Sly and the Family Stone, If You Want Me to Stay, just great single. And Stackridge from the album known in America as Pinafore Days. Now, I know I play Stackridge often, and it's necessary in this show because, get this, Dakota used to buy every copy of that album he came across, and he tracked down a lot of them. You could get them for like $3, you know, less. And he'd buy them all up, and he would give them out to people. Anybody he thought should know about Stackridge, which pretty much was anyone he liked, which was pretty much anyone who wasn't a clear and present asshole. So many copies of Stackridge's Pinafore Days were distributed. That was the opening track, Fundamentally Yours. I can't hear it without thinking of Tony. It's a friendship built and sustained real-time and person over many, many years. Now, I've yapped here probably too often about being raised in Brooklyn, and my folks moved to Long Island when I was about to start high school. So I went to the High School of Art and Design in Manhattan. And while I was going there, I stayed with my sister, and I would just come home to my parents on weekends. But eventually, I decided I couldn't stand my sister, and I missed my parents, and I decided to relocate completely to suburbia. Now, this high school that I had been in, right? High School of Art and Design? You'd have gay couples walking arm-in-arm down the hallways, unbothered. Nobody gave a shit. You know, my best pals were a scrawny white kid from downtown named Alex, who was a maniac for glam rock, just like me. And a lanky black kid from uptown, Ronnie, who bombed graffiti on the subways and loved Pink Floyd. I remember one time he commented on a, the average white band. <laughs> I, I can't repeat what he said here, because at the time it was just funny. But the world has changed. Alas, I left all that and came to this suburban bummer where uh, immediately I was immersed in a world where douchebags and Elton John t-shirts would call me a fag for wearing a David Bowie t-shirt. I had a gym teacher telling me I should be in girls' gym because of my long hair and general air of androgyny. I would get my hair burned on the bus when I was riding home or gum stuck in it, absolutely alone and persistently suicidal. And then I met Tony. We bonded over Stan Freeberg records and Frank Capra movies and this immediate ease we had of riffing together. It's like this um, buoyant guy with short hair and slacks, looked like something from 10 years earlier. And me, sullen and terrified, wearing my black jeans and my velvet underground embroidered jacket. You know, a real odd couple. But he was a miracle in my life, and he drew me into a circle of friends that I'm still mostly in regular touch with. So in this show, I'm not going to go into the Tony and me relevance of every track I'm playing, but it's all relevant. Even if I think at this late date, all these decades into our friendship, I'm going to overlook a lot of significant things. I can't explain all the in-jokes and shit like that, and there's going to be a lot of them. But, uh, you know, I'm including them for Tony's sake, but also because of the uh, vibe of it. You know, the, I think you have the same kind of connections with people in your life. You probably do. Maybe this will prompt a little of your own memories with them, you know. It's, I think it's awfully important. And maybe you can break out a photo album. Maybe you give somebody a call. Or maybe you'll just enjoy the music, and that's cool, too. You know, one of the great things about Tony and my friendship was when we were together, we didn't really have to do anything. I mean, sometimes I would read magazines and 
he would read a book and we'd just somebody burst out laughing and the other guy'd say what's up but hours would go by we'd do nothing we'd just play records sit around you know uh, there was no pressure anywhere ever and uh, Christ what a nice thing that was alright I'm gonna play some of that shit the Koza likes Does she love me with all her heart? Should I worry when we're apart? It's a lover's question I'd like to know. Does she need me as she pretends? Is this a game? Well, then will I win? It's a lover's question I'd like to know I'd like to know when she's not with me If she's still true to me I'd like to know when we're kissing she feel just what I feel And how am I to know it's really real Oh, tell me where the answer lies Is it in her kiss or in her eyes Well, it's a lover's question I'd like to know Just what I feel And how am I to know It's really real Oh, tell me where The answer to lie Is it in her kiss Or in her eyes It's a lover's question I'd like to know I'd like to know I'd like to know ah. Light me no light No storm today Pray me no prayers there's no time to pray Bring me no charms It's true what they say I'm gonna miss you When I'm on the road My eyes have closed Another bluebird morning About a home in the sun Finding a shelter Where I thought there was none You ask me my meaning And I give you just one You 
yard shift Beat the seamen stroll Catch the midnight drift So got you and Charlie In that newspaper nest Grifting hot horse tips On who's running the best And I'm blinded by the neon Don't try and change my tune I thought I heard a saxophone I drunk on the moon Champagne stars Broadway's like a serpent Pulling shiny top-down cars Their armor is teeming With that undulated beat As some Bonneville is screaming This way wilder down the street And I'm blinded by the neon
Information with a beat. Folytatva délutáni randevú műsorát következőnek a Drifters együttes és On Broadway. Ja, das ging noch mal gut, doch bei Neins Auge <lacht> hab ich da Glück gehabt. <lacht> Als wir einst durch Spanien ritten, herrschten dort noch strenge Sitten. Dort bedeutet jeder Kuss, dass man heiraten muss. So erzählten mir die Leute, doch da hatte ich schon acht Bräute. Ich bin niemals so gerannt wie im schönen Spanien lang. Ja, das ging noch mal gut, doch beinahe ins Auge hab ich da Glück gehabt. Ja, das ging noch mal gut, doch beinahe ins Auge hab ich da Glück gehabt. Hab ich da Glück gehabt. That was a shortened version of Dasking nach Malgut by Ralph Bendix. Shortened because that's about all you need. Prior to that, Tom Waits, Drunk on the Moon, from the Heart of Saturday Night album. We listened to a lot of Tom Waits and went to see him a number of times back in those days. Tony's brother and father played the saxophone. Tony and I were frequently drunk on the moon or whatever was around. For that, Chico Hamilton, The Morning After, which was a popular public service announcement backing theme many years ago. Grimm's with Bluebird Morning from the Sleepers album, a favorite of ours back then, by Andy Roberts. And Clyde McFadder with A Lover's Question at the top of that set. Perhaps you are curious about the music you'll be hearing tonight. The music tonight is emanating from the elegant Bonzo Room high atop the fabulous Murphy Hilltop House. This room is off limits to you, thereby putting the musical selection out of your control entirely. So, squelch your goddamn curiosity, and as Tex Antoine would say, lie back and enjoy it. Or else, get the hell out! Tony making a group announcement on a song mix on 8-track tape for a Midsummer Night's Halloween party that we threw. Tony and me, Tom Simone and Jim Gray, We called ourselves the Deo Quartet. Came together to drink and to sing and to hang around and, you know, just generally be shiftless bastards. Deo, of course, referring to the Banana Boat song. Deo! Deo! Daylight come and me one go home. I'll have to ask you not to shout like that. Well, uh, it's like right in my ear, man. Well, it goes with the song. Yeah, you know. but don't holler in my ear, well, man. Well, it's authentic uh, calypso. Yeah, but like shout. I stand next to me, man. Well, the shout go with the bongo drums. Well, not my bongo drums, man. I mean, move away. Well, like. I don't see why. Uh, no, no, no. Stand well, over next to the guitar, man. He sent me over here. Yeah. Well, then sing soft, man. You know, I mean, like, wow. Okay. Day. It's too loud, man. Day. That's better. He's a day, 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 oh, daylight come and me one go home. Yeah, man. Who work all night and a drink of rum. Daylight come and me one go home. Stock banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me one go home. 
six foot, seven foot, eight foot, punch. Daylight, too loud, man, too loud. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot, punch. My ears, my ears, like my ears. No, hold it, man. It's too shrill, man. It's too piercing. Oh, well, I don't see why. No, it's too piercing, man. Uh... It's too piercing. Well, I got to do the shout. No, man, it's too piercing. Like I don't dig loud noises. Well, you ruined the whole piercing record, is what you do. Yeah, well, tough. I'll take my bongos and go, man, because the whole thing is like bugging me anyhow. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I won't no, shout. I'm no, I'm cutting, man. No. Like I didn't want to make this gig in the first place. No, no, wait a minute. I'd be soft. Yeah. Well, then back off from me, man. It's too piercing. Okay. How's this? Yeah. Too loud, man. Okay. Too loud, man. I can still hear you. Would you mind leaving the room? Okay. Crazy. Daylight come and we wander home. Daylight come and me wango home Hey beautiful bunch of ripe banana Daylight come and me wango home Hide the deadly black tarantula Daylight Oh man, don't sing about spiders I mean, ooh, well, like I don't dig spiders Well, that's, that's how the song goes Seagulls Hide the deadly black tarantula Daylight come and me wango Is that it? Can I leave now? Oh, not yet. We got a big finish. Hey. Yeah, man. I locked myself out. Crazy. I come through the window. Daylight come and me won't go home.
me are sweet as roses in the morning. You to me are soft as summer rain at dawn. In love and shade, that's something The sidewalks in the street, the concrete and the clay beneath my feet begins to crumble. But love will never die because we'll see the mountains tumble before we say goodbye. My love and I. The concrete and the clay beneath my feet begins to crumble But love will never die Because we'll see the mountains crumble Before we say goodbye My love and I Toss it over to you. When did this all begin, to your recollection? It all began at um, the St. John's Bazaar. So uh, we took the uh, straw hats and lays that we'd won. And that's what prompted and, uh, the whole day of that night. The straw yes. hats and the lays. We, we all had a straw hat and a lay. We each had a straw hat and a lay. Before we sang the song, we made sure that everybody had day had We had to go back. We had to go and win like a couple. Three dollars or something, putting those, those felt, those little Nerf balls Nerf to the balls toilet, to the toilet seat seats. To get the day hat. Right. right. And we decided to harmonize the tune. And what did we choose, guys? Dale. 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 And what else did we choose that night? Oh, uh, I, I think. think come go with me, might have been. As me. I recall, come go with me and um, Beach Boys a couple tunes. of Beach Boys right. tunes that night. We were we were never apart. Right. We were inseparable. We were inseparable. Every night we'd go out and drink beer and, and sing amazing. Macho Man and make right. Rosencrantz's and very nice. But as he says, through the last little mouthful of them and I'm left in the bag. Why don't we? Stop now and listen. Okay. Body, body, wanna feel, wanna feel my body, baby. Such a thrill.
record out of Pittsburgh by the Dell Vikings, a bunch of guys who came together in the Air Force, a racially integrated band, one of the most visible and successful of the racially mixed vocal groups, and Macho Man before that, the breakthrough record by the Village People, of course, one of the most visible and successful gay acts to come along. These records were made a long time ago in the United States of America, a place we're told is... uh, congenitally intolerant you know me and my friends we were talking about this the other day tony and i actually that we would have these heated political arguments because we all came from varying ideological leanings you know uh, there there was no um first of all we didn't care that much about it you know as as a day-to-day thing it wasn't like you lived and breathed it in those days and at that age of course but we would you know get into it from time to time and uh We'd always finish off, you know, uh, with a click on our glasses and continuing the fun. You know, it, it didn't uh, it didn't wreck friendships. People didn't take themselves so fucking seriously. It's too bad. You know, I, I, st- I still have friends that I do that kind of thing with, so it's not completely gone, but it's getting rough. Anyway, you heard a little bit there of us uh, reminiscing about, I don't know, two years earlier in our lives. Did I say we didn't take ourselves that seriously? <laughs> no, you know. We were archivists at heart. And then um, Concrete and Clay by Unit 4 Plus 2. Great British invasion band. And we used to do that song incessantly. Worked up great harmonies for it. Better ones than the band Unit 4 Plus 2 came up with. And you heard Timothy by The Boys. Uh, or The Buoys? B-U-O-Y-S. B-U-O-Y-S. You know, like the, the, the things that float in the water. Timothy. Rupert Holmes song about cannibalism in a mine. (laughs) 
And as mentioned before, Stan Freeberg doing as mentioned before as well, the Banana Boat song, Deo. Now then, how about some Tony Bennett? Right? Right. Hey, Tony, what do you want to be? I want to be around to pick up the pieces when somebody breaks your heart. Some somebody twice as smart as I. A somebody who will swear to be true As you used to do with me Who'll leave you to learn That misery loves company Wait and see I mean I wanna be around See how he does it When he breaks your heart to bits Let's see if a puzzle fits So fine And that's when I'll discover That revenge is sweet as I sit there applauding from a front row seat Right when somebody breaks your heart like you
When I was uh, living with Tony and Willie Liguri and Tom Simone, and Steve Donnelly was there for a while too. I don't for- I forget the whole sequence of who lived there when, but one day I'm watching TV with Tony. This movie comes on. It's called Kiss Me Stupid. It's a Billy Wilder picture. Dean Martin plays a character named Dino. <laughs> Real stretch. And uh, Ray Walston plays a um, small town guy trying to become a professional songwriter and he's married to kim novak so dean you know wants to bang her so he puts up with ray walston encouraging his music as a kind of a you know as a sop and he writes all these songs that we're supposed to think of as mediocre and he's trying to force them on dean martin's character to perform and make famous but it turns out the songs were actually pretty good and i wondered what's the deal with these songs and i looked into it and found out that what it was was ira gershwin was asked to write the parody lyrics for this guy's original songs and he said yeah i can do that and by the way uh, maybe i can use some music by my brother george that we never finished you know he had a whole file of george gershwin's songs that were never used and that song you just heard by Elizabeth Geyer and Mirko Bergo was All the Live Long Day from Kiss Me Stupid. I think it's a beautiful song and uh, not too frequently recorded. Ella Fitzgerald has a version of it that I don't like as much. That one seems to be truer to uh, Ray Walston's intentions. And I'm not just saying that because I want to bang Kim Novak. The original version of the Moody Blues Story in Your Eyes before that, it was a single version of it. I think the album version was different. Or was it the other way around? Anyway, that was the first version of it. And the set started with a frequent song in our drunken carousals. Tony Bennett's I Want to Be Around.
Most days, Anthony takes his time going home. But today is Wednesday. Wednesday is Prince Spaghetti Day. Stoop 
Pigeon by Kid Creole and the Coconuts from the Wise Guy album. I don't know how many times we went to see them. Always an amazing show. T-Fab doesn't want to hear about that no more, but it's the truth. Before that, The Fifth Dimension with Last Night, I Didn't Get to Sleep at All. Written by another Tony, Tony McCauley. Dakota hip to me to Tony McCauley. Wrote a whole bunch of hits. Probably hear some more before the show's over. But that's a great one. Ran into uh, Marilyn McCoo. Did I tell you this before? Probably. I'm, I'm very, T-Fab will tell you. I'm, I'm uh, really redundant. I, I, you know, it's, the, it's the old memory. It, it just it ain't there no more. You know, it's like uh, I can remember these stories, but I can't remember whether I told you or not. You know what I'm saying? Um, Marilyn McCoo ran into her at a casino in Las Vegas some years ago. She was performing there and coming out of the casino. And uh, Radiant, one of the most beautiful women I've ever been in the presence of. And a pretty good singer, too. And we started with Giorgio Moroder with Son of My Father, a song that prompted one of the great laughing fits of my life, Tony and I and Willie Liguri listening to it one afternoon on one of Tony's uh, Rhino Have a Nice Day CD collections. Uh, for some reason it just struck us as the most ridiculous thing we'd ever heard and um, we were pissing our pants for about an hour over that one and I'm sure you weren't now but I bet you Tony was yeah, speaking of laughing fits and Willie man oh god one time in uh, Norway he made a joke pertaining to uh, Midnight at the Oasis by Maria Moldauer and uh, it set off a laughing fit that lasted through the night into the next morning onto an airplane to, uh, I think, Paris. <laughs> it was insane. It was, uh, you know, we live for those things. And, and uh, you know, that's when you know you're, you got a bud, you know, when you are when you have those kind of moments, you know, where you just uh, get so goofy that the ec- these ecstasies of hilarity sweep over you. You know what I'm talking about, I hope. Tony and I have shared many of those. And I think that, oh, listen, what's that? It sounds like Super Sister. It is. It is Super Sister. Kids, come here. It's Super Sister.
Cause there is no need for feeling older with a radio And there is no sense in getting bolder Turn it on and go Right from the start she disliked the music In fact it frightened her Just until the complete and desperate feeling that overwhelmed her Made her realize that she wasn't like the school girls she'd seen in the magazines That was a relief Feeling inside burst out and messing up her clothes And filling her pants with the substance of a custard supplier She made a lovely mug of the whole commercial thing
That was me Third guitar I wonder where the others are understood why the idol race had never been entirely successful because uh, Jeff Lynne writes very very good songs and this is one of them it's called Sea of Dreams Oh 
Right there's a Peel Sessions version of the Sea of Dreams by the Idle Race. Not the more familiar version, if, if it is familiar, I don't know. Prior to that, Harry Nielsen with a song by Randy Newman, Vine Street, which was a natural segue out of an old recording of us singing, I think it's Flattened Scruggs, back in our teen days. Mr. John Doey maligning the Dutch prior to that, and then a Dutch band prior to that, Super Sister with Radio. And a couple of those touch on the kind of dreams that we allowed ourselves to conjure with when we were singing back in those days of, you know, professionally performing, doing something with what we did. You know, it's it's a, a folly, but a beautiful one, and it's a folly that kind of took me away. Uh, it's what I spent my life trying to do. But, you know, all this stuff of my musical anti-career that I had and uh, even this Buckaroo holiday kind of all comes from those nights, those those nights. And if it seems like it's kind of nostalgia overkill for anybody tonight, uh, I'm sorry, you know, but uh, <laughs> this stuff's important to me. And, you know, it led to a lot of different things. We, Tom and Tony and I went over to Ireland and England uh, for, for a trip. Uh... There's all sorts of individual things I could tell you about. Visiting the Metropolitan Museum with Tony eating sardines as he stares at the statues, saying, those wings must have been a bitch. Um, theatrical performances that we did, films we made. And then, you know, the big league stuff. Getting married, having kids, watching our lives develop, coming away from each other, back towards each other through the years, the various twists and turns of all these friendships and lives. Well, you know, stuff that would mean something to me, but not that much to you. But there's one story I got to tell. It illustrates something that I, I don't know, I, I try to bring out in a lot of these shows I do, and certainly with this one. These trivial things, these passing, ephemeral, silly, stupid things that we experience that we think are like the idle part of our rat race. <laughs> um, not the important part. I think they are the substance, the sum and substance of our lives, really, these these trivial daily, day-to-day -day things. You know, the most poignant moment in the movie Our Town is when they're looking in the window as ghosts watching a mundane family day from years before, you know, where mom and dad are still alive and they're just going about their day-to-day -day stuff. So, so what do you really want? You know, do you, what, would, what would you really want if you could go back? The day you got the promotion, you want to relive that? I think you'd want to relive some of the more ordinary moments with your favorite people. I, I would. I really try to keep these things in mind all the time. But anyway, that's all kind of sort of heavy, I think. And I suppose it's the kind of thing I harp on all the time. So, you know, T-Fab will give me a hard time about this because, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm redundant with it. But there I said it. I'm satisfied. And it's not really what I'm driving at. Uh, this is just a ripple a long-term ripple of the stupidest possible thing. And it's only recently come to my attention. Let me tell you about this. Tony has a kid brother named Charlie. And at this time when we were shortly out of high school, the kid is like two or three years old. So one day Tony and I are out and about doing something or other, and he's got to come back because he has to babysit his kid brother. And at that moment, he was in no mood to do this. Whatever it is we were doing, we wanted to keep doing it. So instead of that, we came back to his house so we could watch his little brother and hang out. So as we approach his front door, about to go in, he turns to me and says, 
You know, Charlie's really cute, but he can be a real pain in the ass sometimes. And I'm like thinking, yeah, okay, I get that. But I didn't know what to say. It just, I was, my mind was wandering and I felt like I had to say something. He's talking to me. I wanted to respond, but I was, and I had nothing at all. So I said, yeah, yeah, like, uh, like Ted Bessel. Now, Ted Bessel was a TV actor. He was on uh, the show That Girl with Marlo Thomas. He had a show called My Mother the Car. And at that time, he was kind of like a memory. You know, he was a, you know, a minor star of a recent era. Just the non sequitur of this statement caught Tony off guard, fell into hysterics, made me fall into hysterics, and became one of those huge, sustained laugh fests that I talked about earlier. I mean, it went on and on and on. And uh, then it would subside. And then one of us would mention it again, and we'd both collapse into it. And this went on for days. Uh, we, it, it just it was an endless source of hilarity for us. As we told the tale to our other friends, like Tom and Jim and Mary Rose and Lisa and Steve and so forth. As things tend to do when you're that age and you have a group of pals, you develop these secret passwords and in-jokes and, and argot. <laughs> And Ted Bessel became a kind of a patron saint for us, you know. We made buttons we would wear that said things like, Bessel is human, I dig Ted Bessel. And that weird instinct you have for the makings of a cult, you know, you're like, wait a minute, there's some potency to this. (laughs) We started making our references to Ted Bessel in the circle of friends we had who were, at the time, still in the high school. We had gotten out of high school, but we had a lot of friends who were still there, and we would help them out with the theatrical productions. So when we'd come around, we'd be wearing our Ted Bessel buttons. And it didn't take long for the cult of Bessel to take hold. By this point, you know, people didn't know what the origin of the story was. They just knew everybody in this little group of ours was in on this Ted Bessel thing, so they all got in on it too, you know. Like, uh, here's a period piece. I gotta tell you, the painstaking effort this one took. Ted Bessel's song. Ted Bessel 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 I said Bessel I mean Ted Bessel Ted Bessel my man you know, so see, that sort of thing became the source of all kinds of catchphrases and bits of shtick that we would share with each other. And it would turn up in the yearbook at the end of the year, you know, Ted Bessel Lives would be written in the booster section. And when they were doing the senior variety show or the class musical, they would sneak references in there. One notable one was uh, there was a show called Applause. And in the middle of one of the songs, the lyric was, you get to meet George Jessel at the Friars Roast. And a friend of ours, Lori Winchell, of course, substituted, you get to meet Ted Bessel at the Friars Roast. Everyone in the audience who was in on this, everyone backstage who was in on it, erupted into cheers. She was our heroine for uh, (laughs) weeks after that. It was great. It was just great fun. Great nerdy teenage fun. And this is the part in the movie where you see the calendar pages flying, yeah. Everybody grew up, went on, lived their lives, so forth. Down the decades, down the years, and here we are, just a couple of years ago. And 
a lot of these people that I've fallen out of touch with through the years have reconnected because of Facebook, which at the time was still largely benign, or so it seemed. People would find old friends, people would show pictures of their lunch, people would share videos from YouTube, and it was all okay, you know? The political stuff had not made everybody completely fucking bonkers yet. And one day I get a message from Tony. Kind of a cryptic thing, uh, something on the order of, Hey Sport, have you heard about all this Ted Bessel stuff? Ted Bessel stuff? Well, and he directs me to a Facebook group concerning our high school. And there are messages from the current class. This is decades after our involvement in the high school. And apparently they just did a show. I don't know what musical it was, but uh, Into the Woods or something. And there's all these little Ted Bessel jokes. You know, best wishes to the class 2019, Ted Bessel. Um, do this one for Ted Bessel. I'm like, what? Now, these, these kids couldn't possibly know who Ted Bessel was. So I'm telling Tony, what? Yeah, what? And I, I, this doesn't compute. Well, it turns out he's friends with this woman, Suzanne, who's a teacher at Connectquad. She came back to the school as a teacher and discovered that all these years, the Ted Bessel cult has continued through the 80s and the 90s and the aughts and onward. All the musical theater kids would keep alive this Ted Bessel thing. They had no idea where it started. It, there were legends about it. There were legends that Ted Bessel was a former student, that Ted Bessel had attended a show there, and, you know, it's, it's these outrageous fantasies. And nobody had any idea when or how this started. It blew my mind. So Suzanne, who didn't know anything about it, but knew that it started around the time that we were there, had mentioned this to Tony and... I was talking to her about it, and I gave her the whole story that I just told you, and she was delighted to discover it, but we agreed that uh, she mustn't tell the students. I think she might have let on that she had a conversation with some old-timers who knew about the origins of the Ted Bessel thing, but didn't go any further. Didn't go any further. Wanted to let... Let it live its natural life as a suburban legend and something that belongs intimately to each generation of these kids and something that, though few of us are aware of it, links us over these decades invisibly unknown to one another. So think for a minute about the half-life of even the most ridiculous things that happen to you. To think that that little joke Tony and I shared at his doorstep was still amusing nerdy high school kids decades and decades later and that well apart from all our most grandiose hopes for our futures all our great schemes and plans and creative endeavors and everything this is the one <laughs> this fucking thing is the one that had legs I, yeah yeah go figure The place of you 
don't you worry, it won't go to my head Cause there's one thing that she can never do She'll never take the place of you And though I'm very far away, you're always on Will be calling 
Ted Bessel. Bessel lives. Bessel is my man. I like Ted Bessel. Bessel is human. Yeah. Don Hollinger forever. I love Ted Bessel. He's the greatest guy that ever lived.
gosh, time really is a waste in all my talking. And look what the, look at the clock. Oh, my God. Well, that was the Curse All Flyers with Little Dushino from the album Golden Mile. And a little reprise, reprise, never know how to pronounce that word, of the Ted Bessel song. And Albert Jones, 15 Cent Love, showing you left toe just for laughs, babe. Scott Walker singing another Tony McCauley song, The Lights of Cincinnati. And the mighty NRBQ would never take the place of you. You know, before I get to the end of this thing, I'm going to have to uh, fit in this piece here. It's to cover our Canadian content commitment as well as fulfill Tony's fetish for Burton Cummings. The Guess Who with Take the Long Way Home.
You're correct if you thought you heard Orpheus doing Can't Find the Time on Buckaroo Holiday already. You may have noticed others. I don't know. It wasn't a previous show, but this time it's the full orchestra version. And it's apt, because I can't find the time on this show to play all the stuff I'd like to play from my beloved nemesis. So many words to say, I could fit them in a book, fit them in a book of a thousand pages. But that would only bore the rest of you. And I hope this show didn't. 
You know, many of you are also dear friends to me, and I'd be glad if you all considered me a friend, because that's what this is about, enjoying a break in life. Maybe have a few drinks, some music, some chatter, some laughs, maybe a little irritating political or philosophical palaver once in a while, but it won't kill you. You know, nothing heavy, nothing too laden with bullshit importance, but try to fill it with what counts, you know? Tony, Tony hepped me, as they say, to an idea of living right, you know? Like, for instance, one time he wanted to make egg creams at home. You know, he wanted to make perfect fountain egg creams. So he got the right supplies, you know, not just the foxes you bet, because anybody could find that out. But he wanted to get the right glasses, you know, the right fountain glasses with the right heft, the right thickness of glass, the right cut, the right size for the perfect proportions. So he searched for them pre-internet. So he found a wholesaler that made them, located, got a box of them. He got the right long spoons, all this effort, all this expense and time so that we would have a moment of perfect satisfaction, which we did. He whipped out the classic seltzer bottle that he had also picked up, you know, with the, with the gas in there and, and the glass, you know. It was unbelievable. I mean, he's the guy who got me to try lobster for the first time. He uh, turned me on to prosciutto and fresh mozzarella. You know, this is living. This is what living is, you know. No, I already told you how Tony treated me like a person when I was invisible to everyone else except for a few who saw me as a target. And man, I hope you have somebody like that in your life. He gave me courage. He was cool enough to be absolutely indifferent to cool. He enjoyed me, and he uh, let me know that. You know, there was no guile, there was no games, there was no horseshit. You know, it was just a couple of very different souls finding that amazingly wide overlap of interests and outlooks that we could build a lifetime of friendship exploring. I don't know if I'd be here without Tony, but even if I was, I know I wouldn't like it as much being here. I just talked to Tony the other day, and uh, he's sick, and so is Lisa, and I'm sending them a get well with everything else I send tonight. So anyway, thank you all for listening. We're going to end this edition of Buckaroo Holiday with a song I wrote for Tony back when I was in the Skells. It was from our third album, Sucks to Be Us, and it's half-assed as anything of mine, full of in-jokes and full of love from my brother, my nemesis, my best friend. You're too cool, Tony.
I've been watching you, Mug, and I want you to get this. There ain't no place in this camp for your kind of guy. You either play ball or you beat it. We're gonna have law and order here. We're gonna have it if I have to clean up on half the outfit. Wipe your nose and behave. I got you in a 412, too. A 412? What's a 412? Overacting.